Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still here After all these years After all these tears I shed Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, at the age of 26, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. You are. I am. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, okay, thanks. (laughs) So, (laughs) let's talk about being a mom and And cancer. cancer. Yes. And I think even more specific is being a mom with young children or no children with cancer. We kind of were talking a little bit about how we tend to say like a young mom, but it's not really an age thing. It's really way more about a stage of life, right? Is it more relevant to talk about the ages of the kids than the mom? I think so. Yeah. And what stage they're in, and which which then necessitates what you have to do or yeah. responsibilities with that. Yeah, or yeah. even what you were maybe had planned for your future, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so um, I was, when we started talking about this a little bit, I realized that this is kind of, I think, this single topic that separated me from most women with breast cancer. Right. Yeah. At the time that I was diagnosed, because I had a 14-month-old, I we planned on having more children. We were just getting started with raising our family, mm-hmm. and I mean, honestly, many women are diagnosed when they're um, kind of finished raising their families, and I'm. I that doesn't say that it's any easier, but it definitely brings a different set of circumstances, right? Yep. Now that I'm 50 and my kids are on out on their own for the most part, it it is a way different situation than what it was when Sydney was 14 months old and we were learning about the cancer. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's not to say things are easier or harder. It, it's different and uh, definitely with different challenges for both. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. So um, we can. I, so in our situation, let's okay. talk about that yeah. first. Um, Sydney was, was 18 months, 14, 14 months. months. We, we had not really broached the subject of more kids, to be honest with us. No, but I think, I mean, again, we both came from families where there were multiple siblings. I, I, it certainly wasn't like we had ever been having the conversation of, well, we'll just have one. <laughs> no, but I I didn't know how, if you remember, even with our adoption, I was like, eh, aren't we good with one? I mean, well, I, I certainly w- didn't plan on five or plan, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess, again, for that, um, I do remember you when when we were talking about adoption kind of going, whoa, I don't know. I don't know if I have yeah. the time or the space or the whatever capacity for more than one. But I just assumed that that was also because we were talking about it after cancer. And I realized that there was another big, you know, unknown on the table, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't, I guess I never realized it. I. I never intended 
to have a family of with one child. I know that. Right. Yeah. And so we didn't. <laughs> That's what she's saying. Is yes. Sometimes now in our also our timeline of you going from testing, mm-hmm. diagnosis mm-hmm. to beginning the treatment, which mm-hmm. in turn uh, took having children off the table, mm-hmm. was forty eight hours, seventy two hours. I mean, yeah. it was not a long period of time. It was we were in fast forward. At that time. Yeah, and we were only concerned about getting rid of cancer, you know. So um, our doctor, my doctor, did say, you know, ask, did you plan on having more children? And my mom helped me answer, saying you had that we had. And I said, yes, and that was true. Um, but she just said that wouldn't be possible. And so we kind of, in preparation for this, uh, well, you really kind of looked at um, some of the timelines yeah. because honestly it was 1998 so freezing eggs was not something that was being discussed really although it was just starting to happen yeah. yeah and honestly I, I remember I Lance Armstrong was diagnosed around the same time I was and he actually in his uh, book talked about freezing sperm or whatever mm-hmm. for you know but um, it wasn't I mean, it's different men and women anyway, and um, you want to yeah, talk about some of the... Yeah, for, so if we, if uh, our oncologist would have said, hey, um, are you interested in having kids, and we are having more kids, and we said yes, the timeline for that can be a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's ways to speed up the process for special cases, but in the end, you're still dealing with your menstrual cycle when they can harvest those eggs. There's hormones that have to be given prior to it. Well, and your cancer was obviously fed Fed off hormones. hormones. So that does not make any sense at all to to introduce these hormones into a body that's already thriving. The cancer is thriving from these these hormones. Um, But let's say the cancer wasn't that. You're still dealing... I think at minimum dealing with a 30-day process, maybe multiple months in order to harvest enough eggs um, in order to to put those away. So in your case, and I I would guess in many people's cases, that that trade-off is a non-starter. And I get it, you know, it's, but it's, how can you possibly do that? I mean, those, those days are important at that point. Yeah. let alone weeks or months right? Um, to, to kill cancer. Yeah. And the obstacles on the other side of that, you know, assuming that you do freeze eggs and then you're looking at, like we would have been looking at a surrogate and everything else. Like it, it was just, I mean, I'm, I think in some ways I'm grateful. It was just a one and done con- sure. conversation, yeah. you know, I will say though, I mean, there is a huge loss in being told that you can't have, kids you know there's i i think i'm always a little bit tender on mother's day not for me because i i have a beautiful family and it's i think our family is exactly as it's supposed to be but i recognize the women out there that have a loss around this you know around 
um, either not having children or, you know, there just, there's, there's a lot of sadness with it too. I think, I think this is one of those days that social media paints this highlight real picture and, um, yeah. And people, and it's just not really truthful. And if it is truthful for your situation, then please be thankful for it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think so. I think the women that it really is truthful for, like that, you know, it's just a given that you, you know, you have a great mom and you have great kids and all of these that you haven't experienced loss. Um, but I think it's just not necessarily the norm. Yeah. So anyway. So this, you know, in us finding out that we're not going to have any more children, that, that was not a big loss for me. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. I mean, it was more of, oh, thank God we had Sydney. Yeah. And I need you to be around. Yeah. The thought of more children was the farthest thing from my mind at that time. Mm -hmm. And I truly was just thankful that we were able to have a child and and scared to death at the time that I was going to lose you. Yeah. So, to, so to, that that's just... So far from my brain, the way it thinks is, wait a minute, I'm going to be sad because I not, I'm not going to have a wife, let alone a, <laughs> let alone more kids. Who right. cares about kids? That was probably right. more my mindset at the time, and then that changed obviously as done with treatment, moving on, kind of trying to start life up again. Yeah, reengaging. Yeah, yeah, that changed. I just think there's, you know. Um, I, I am definitely a feminist, and I believe in women being able to make their own choices, but mm -hmm. there's just something so uh, raw about basically being told, you know, being told yeah. your body cannot do this anymore. Like, we are... That, I think that's that tough is, for women in their 50s going through menopause. Yeah, or even that people, finality. Who, yeah, people who do hysterectomies. Sure. It's just... No doubt. There's just something about it that's really sad. Yes. And... Um, and it makes it can make you feel like you're not uh, complete, yep. I guess. So, so for sure, it's uh yeah, Whew. okay. So I like just getting back to like, are there options? Um, you know, yes, there might be, and I think some of that's also based on you know the stage of your disease, and since this is mostly metastatic, it just certainly did not. <laughs> fit in for us right? and at our age yeah yeah yeah, yeah. still in our 20s mm -hmm. uh was different uh than somebody in their 60s <laughs> honestly different than somebody in their 40s at that point w yeah. where are you in life and, yeah. and what does life look like mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot of things but um yeah, you know, to, to fast forward a little bit, obviously we ended up adopting a child, um, international adoption, and uh, that fit for us. Um, to say that he, you know, isn't truly our child, well, you don't understand the adoption then. You, you, you've never adopted a child. If, if, and it may look that way because we look very different uh, on the outside. Um, than our son, but um, there are other ways to have children other than a vaginal birth. Yeah. There, there's other ways to do that, and and they truly and this is you know what there's basically three options in adopting children. It's 
domestic adoption, there's international adoption, and there's adoption by foster care. Mm -hmm. That third one was off the table for me. It, it was not a possibility. I don't work that way. Uh, thank God for the people who can do that. But the thought of me having a child and then it going away was not a possibility for me. We actually did get licensed to do foster care. Yeah. And um, it just, it, it, yeah, I believe the way you said it was, I just have a huge problem with giving something back, giving yeah. a child back. I mean, they're all in or not with yeah. everything, uh, but especially with that. I mean, I just couldn't imagine falling in love, treating, you know, literally them becoming part of your family in every way possible. Mm -hmm. And then a situation or a circumstance change and they're not your child anymore. Yeah. Like I will say at the at the time too uh, there was a big adoption case. It was a I think it, I don't think it was foster care so much as a domestic adoption that had gone wrong. I mean, it was a family um, that in... And I think DNA had a part of this. There was a DNA test that wasn't done early that was done later. Proof was there now. Maybe, but I this think... child was seven years old, had been with her adoptive parents from the get-go. Right. And she ended up going back to her biological parents. And this is when and DNA came in. So DNA terrifying. Testing. I mean, to, to think, oh my goodness. For everybody involved with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, and, I, and I know that that's not the how foster care is meant to work. Or I mean, that, that's not it. And, you know, the adoption by foster care, like the other two, mm -hmm. we might as well talk about, are very expensive. Mm -hmm. to, to adopt a child, uh, either domestically or internationally, can cost you forty, fifty thousand dollars. Well, not a lot of people in their twenties or thirties have that kind of money sitting around. And uh, whereas the third way through foster care, it can it can be very little money in the adoption process because the child is awarded the state, right. and the state picks up the tabs for right. almost, if not all of it. Right. So that's definitely a way that would fit some people's ability to have a child yeah. through the foster care. And there, I'm, I know there are good stories that come out of it also. Yeah. They're, they're in, um, yeah. But it just for us in that time was not right. Domestic adoption I never even considered because it felt like you are putting together a portfolio and somebody's going to choose you. And who's going to choose somebody who's got stage four breast cancer, let's be honest. And we don't know. We, right. we don't know whether that could have or would have happened. We didn't right. even try. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, we were pretty led to um, the, the route that we took um, just through a series of events. And... And we are also eternally grateful to the people that helped us out financially um, to, to make that happen because we <laughs> we didn't have the, the money to do that then either. No way. So, no. Um, but and, but there, there are other ways you can still have children. Um, and there's, there's more ways than that, too, as far as, you know, what is your definition of family? What yes. is your definition of the, a child that's yours? Is it just caring for yeah. children? Some people get more... Um, fulfillment out of literally just caring for children in um, different ways where they don't even go home with you at night. They don't, you know what I mean? They, but but you truly it's care for them. It's kind of interesting because I will say again for Mother's Day, I, there's a, I have a handful of other kids that, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to hear from yeah. on Mother's Day. And they are... 
they have parents and they, you know, I don't claim that they are mine in any way, shape or form. A little way. But a little, a little bit, bit in yeah. terms of just, they, we, yeah. They we're, were, we're more than friends. It's family. I mean, it truly is in those kids. Yeah. And always will be. Yeah. But so, there was no adoption. No there adoption. was no foster care. There no. was none of that. So there are other ways um, that you can have children in your life and care for them and get the fulfillment, get get all of the great things out of that. And all the hard things, too. And all the hard things. We <laughs> definitely get a lot of the hard things, yes. Which, again, that's that is, that's the that's role. Part of we we chose kids. that. that we yes. didn't, it didn't get thrust upon us. So No. Yeah, we wanted to help. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like, so, yeah, we've been in situations where um, kids, we, I call them the kids who chose us. Like, mm -hmm. there's just been different kids in our lives that um, they've, they've spent some nights here, but more often not spent nights here, uh, have lived with in other situations. But they've mm -hmm. been a big part of our families, and yeah, it's been really cool. So, let's talk about parenting because that's, I guess, if Mother's Day is about mothering, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, this is another huge part of um, that is different when your kids are so young and you're, you know, going through treatment or, you know, considering what your life, how long it's going to be and how long you're going to be here, you know? So we kind of have three different segments here. We have the kids that need, to some extent, 24-hour parenting yeah then we have those ones in the middle um that don't need your full attention all the time uh but ask a lot of questions yeah and and they they still need a lot yeah. but it's different than the five-year-old mm -hmm. um it's the, the that middle school high school age and then we have the they're out of the house you know age so they're still all kids i mean no matter how old your kid is they're still going to be your kid right but it's different Young kids, middle, and then out of the house age. Yeah. 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 And parenting still happens in all of them. And then you throw cancer in there. And treatment. And it's, let's start with treatment. So during treatment. It just, it's, it's so much to juggle. It's so much to consider. I mean, it, all of the appointments and how are you going to feel and everything else. Like I literally, there were days I didn't know if I was going to be able to stand up straight <laughs> and not faint or yeah. pass out and then to have to consider whether or not Sydney could be in my care that day mm -hmm. you know I mean was challenging. I can tell you this there's gonna be a lot of guilt if you are parenting a young child and going through cancer treatment mm -hmm. uh, unless your cancer treatment is just way different than yours there's gonna be a lot of guilt because for the Am I am I paying attention enough to this child? I, I've got to teach them, and that's my role as a parent too. But I can't even stand up. I feel like I'm gonna puke. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you know they're over there watching the TV <laughs> or just flipping through book or playing with themselves, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this isn't how it should be. And you're, you're feeling that guilt. Not only that, oh sorry, you can't play soccer this season because mom's going through cancer, and we yeah. have to drive other places. We can't be getting you that stuff like that. You're just yeah. My piece of advice for that when it's a young child is they're not going to remember. <laughs> That's yeah. They're not. 
That's the truth. I'm telling you, there may be certain flashbulb memories in there that may have been traumatic that the, that the young child remembers later on. But 99% of everything that you feel guilty about, and you will, and that doesn't matter whether you're the person going through cancer or the other parent in their life, if hopefully they have to, they're not going to remember. Yeah, That's my opinion. I, I think that's true. I think, you know, I was very concerned about how this was, how it was impacting Sydney when she was little. And, you know, certain things, like, just killed me. The teaching her how to crawl in and out of her crib uh, because I couldn't lift her. Yeah. You know, as she got older, I remember, you know, the her asking about my medicine, things like that, where I'm just like, this just feels so unfair that a kid has to know these things. But... You know what? I mean, she's fine. <laughs> and you ask her today, and you ask Ty today what they remember, and they're like, what? All well, and actually all good things. Yeah. In oh, I remember of... watching that movie at Nana's house. <laughs> oh, okay. It was or... fun hanging out with her. <laughs> yeah, right. and just like even, I mean, I think they both recognized that it did change um, kind of that I was a home a lot more than I wouldn't I wouldn't have been mm -hmm. if there wasn't cancer. It doesn't mean I would be gone a ton, but like I just it did give us more time together. Um, but the you know, and you're also there's you're just dealing with the fear of the what ifs, and it's so hard sometimes just to put that away. You yeah. know, what if what if I whatever I'm not going to be here and yeah. What if I leave somebody, you know, leaving them behind and all of that kind of stuff is, it's just really a challenge. I, you know, I think the best way to deal with that is just to, you know, to spend some time journaling and or whatever and just kind of, it's okay to write it out or think about it or even talk about it a little bit, but then just put it away. Like you can't, we can't live in the what ifs, you know, like we just have to keep moving forward. So for sure. I mean, you're spending time. Uh, going and, and getting hormone therapy or chemotherapy or mm -hmm. radiate, you're doing that. You also have to work on your your brain too, yeah. and that's where therapy can come in. And yeah. you know, why not put as much effort in that? Seeing how that's the thing that's controlling everything. Um, yeah, you didn't do that back then, but I bet you would today. Oh, if we, sure. you know what I mean, if now was the time <laughs> and sure. we rewound back to the time when you're 20 or whatever. I would for sure be with a therapist. It's just so important. You did yeah. all of this on your own uh, mentally. Yeah. We're, I mean, come on. I got to give Bernie Siegel a little shot. Yeah. No, no, no. You, <laughs> you're right. Bernie. Yep. But most of it was, you know, yeah. you doing it without somebody, you know, giving you those little bits of wow that would really mm -hmm. helps you know and that how i can get my brain going mm -hmm. to affect my body yeah yeah well and also just kind of i think you know for me thinking about like life is about moments and there was nothing i wanted more than to be a part of moments or milestones yeah. right but but if i'm going to spend all of my time worrying about what comes next or whatever and i can't stay in the moment then What's the point of being there? You know, so it's hard. It, it it really is hard. It's okay, I think, to acknowledge it and like even just I think about like some of the milestones. I think celebrating hits differently mm -hmm. as a parent um, when you're when you have cancer. Like, I think it's okay to acknowledge and be 
um, grateful and thankful for, you know, the, the milestones that you get to see, but you can't, you also then just have to enjoy them. You can't like be sad about what come, you know, if there's not another one or, or whatever that looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a balance, man. But I mean, parenting's a balance. Too, and, and right? you know, we didn't have middle school or high school kids yeah. when Heather was going through treatment. Um, obviously we had them after or she was still in treatment, but yeah. not, not the intense treatment that everybody's thinking about. So we can't, you know, speak in the, the first hand about that of, of our experience, but, you know, obviously it's going to involve a lot more serious discussions with your kids and when to have them and when to be fully truthful and when to hold back a little mm -hmm. and what role will they play and what do you keep them from? Those are tough decisions, yeah. and and a lot of those depend, I think, on your kids. Yeah, because every kid is different. Yeah, um, and how they handle things and how they process things. But you know, now you you're you're talking about maybe both of you in therapy or a family therapy sure. versus just. But you know, I think that's so important that that you talk, get things out there, and discuss them. But obviously, you know, the parents you you have the the say in what what gets filtered and what doesn't um, right. because you're in charge of that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have advice for what you should tell them or what you don't, and I don't think you do either. And I think that is a parent's decision. But there's a ton of good books out there that discuss the pros and cons and of, of telling a child that can comprehend and is going to school the next day and has to function and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, we go back and do, hey, your, your life's crazy when you have a five-year-old, but w when you have a 10-year-old, it's crazier, Yeah, you know, and they want to be involved in everything through the schools and through summer and, and all of this, and now you're in treatment. That's tough. Yeah. That, that is really tough. It is. It is hard, all of it. I will just say that hope hope is free, right? Mm -hmm. And and I do think... Um, I don't think that you have to share all the details. I mean, I think sometimes we've gotten to a point where we feel like, you know, they can, kids can, I don't know, or there's, I get it, they're smart, and if they're asking the questions, then answer the questions, but, but don't give them more than they need in terms of, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's the same advice we give doctors, right? Yeah. <laughs> From us, oh us God. giving a yes. doctor's advice I'm talking about is. Yes. Shut the f up. <laughs> if you don't have something. We all learned this. If you don't have something nice to say, so don't, don't say, say it at all. Don't say nothing at all. It's so funny. I was just writing about that yesterday. Were you? Oh. Yes. Yeah. I, I just thank you, Thumper. If you can good, say something. Good nice. friend of ours. They they they've had some some medical issues in their family, and you know a quote from a doctor. You know, talking to the family about the patient was yeah. This will this will likely be the thing that kills them. Like, what? What are you, why would you say that even if it's true? Let's say it's true. What good are those words coming out of a physician's mouth? I don't get it. I want to punch the guy in the face. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. I'd punch either of them. We're assuming it's a guy. Whatever. It's ridiculous. I, actually, I do know it's a guy. Um, but it's just absolutely, I think it's medical malpractice I do to put that in anybody's brain. Absolutely not needed. What if they do die? Okay. No. What if you gave them some hope? Wow, don't do that. 
<laughs> my gosh. It's... That's my feelings on that. <sighs> I know. Yeah. We can all be positive and that doesn't hurt a thing. Right. And you can have, I mean, you can keep it light too. I mean, yep. you know, the whole, you've always told the kids that I'm a freak, but in a good way. Yeah. And just, you know, some things right. like that. And, and, you know, you can use it for good in terms of, you know, this is, we're doing this, we eat this way because this is good for everybody or all of those kind of things. It can, it can be positive, you know. For sure. Um, but, but I just wanted to, coming off of Mother's Day, talk a little bit about being a mom and having cancer. Um, and this is another one that we can absolutely drill down specifically if you guys do have any questions, which mm -hmm. you never put up. Um, <laughs> but if you do, or, you know, this is something that we can we can spend an entire episode mm -hmm. on a specific issue there because there's mm -hmm. a lot, and we kind of just a little bit brushed over it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, spring is here, so hopefully it's going to be nice where you live and you can get out and enjoy it yes so. and if you live anywhere where there's morel mushrooms and you're finding a lot of them you can send them i will send you my address uh you'll probably even pay shipping i'll pay yeah i'll pay for everything <laughs> whatever yeah i love them mm -hmm. but i can't find them i am morel blind <laughs> it's a problem happy right. mother's day to you mothers out there good job keep it up we'll see ya see ya yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still here After all these years After all these tears I shed I'm still here And I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be Yeah, yeah Now I stand tall with my feet in the ground And my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here Like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go everyone i hope you love this episode of i'm still here and i wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next so be sure to rate review and follow this show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast especially if you found it helpful we need all the shares likes stars and love we can get we'd also love to hear from you leave your comments and questions and we'll incorporate them into future episodes have a great day